Hello and welcome to Cartridge Cinema Club episode 43. My name is Mark Champlin and I sound like a baseball announcer, I guess. Uh, today I'm joined by Alex Wallace. All right, all right, man. All right, man, listen. Listen, I, I, I know. I know we told you. Look, we just make these to sell video games to dumb kids. No one's gonna care what's in the movie. It doesn't matter. As long as it's got the Pokemon in it, they're gonna be happy. I know, I know I told you that. I I know I said, hey, write whatever the fuck you want, Marty. It doesn't right, matter. Right. Th- and that's what I did. So what's the problem? We look, I've I've just looked, I've just looked over the script, and I yes. just I'm ju- I'm just a little bit concerned, is all I'm gonna say. <laughs> I, it's it's perfectly it's perfectly normal and within the confines of the Pokemon world that uh, I wrote this movie where a five year old girl dreams up a, a crystal nightmare mind palace and thinks that Entei is her father uh, for an hour and a half. Tell me about Pokemon Free the movie, Mark. Um. <laughs> Uh, God, this one's so, so weird, dude. It's so fucking weird. The the thing about this this so it's Pokemon three colon the movie colon again Entei hyphen spell of the unknown, which came out in two thousand in Japan and two thousand one uh, in America. Uh, it is the third Pokemon movie. Um, this, this uh, is the it's it's batshit crazy. <laughs> it really is the whole time. This was I, the uh, this was the last one that was released theatrically in the united states and it shows I gotta this say. one did this one like bomb like I, we didn't look up the, the the data on the the box office but like i know for me personally this was when i had uh started wane my interest in pokemon was waning because i would have been uh eight years old mm-hmm. which is actually i don't know surprisingly that's old enough where it was it was after it was we we're in the middle of johto the second generation yeah and i i played Pokemon Gold. I don't remember which one. I think it might have been Crystal, actually. Um, hey, Crystal, is that related to the... I don't know. The whole <laughs> movie is made of Crystal. Um, so I played through that game, and I only played through it one time. And, like, ages 5 through 7, I played through Pokemon Red, like, 15 times. I don't know. I I, I kind of stopped caring about Pokemon and then started again when I was 21. So th- so I didn't see this movie until now. Yeah, I um I would say that this was around the point where uh my interest in the Pokemon TV show was starting to wane. I was I I never I never got off my Pokemon shit. I am still on my Pokemon shit and I will probably be on my Pokemon shit until I die. Um, yeah, because it will keep going until then. Yeah, seriously. It's will like co- Star Wars. It's not going to die. Pokemon will continue long after my death, to be clear. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would say this was where uh, my interest in the TV show started to wane. And I think you being eight years old like, is a really appropriate age for that to be happening. Because I think around when you're like eight or nine is when you start developing the I'm too cool for this gene. Yes, <laughs> you know, that's when absolutely that's when you start getting bullied for liking things because children are just just fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, I've I've told I've said this before, probably on the podcast, but I remember the the ads for Ruby and Sapphire, and I remember thinking, "There's way too many fucking Pokemon now. <laughs> it's way cooler when there was only 150." Like I was already thinking that in 2003. Yeah, as like a nine year old. <laughs> yeah, like like I like I really gave a fuck. Yeah, I was new. Cynical. My friends weren't playing it anymore, so that's all that mattered. Jaded fourth grader. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so. As I as I often say on this podcast, for when we're uh, encountering 
strange things, I am going to attempt to summarize the plot now. And again, I want to be clear that when I do this, I am neither misrepresenting nor making up any of the information here. It is really, this, this really is that movie. So, Molly Hale is a five-year-old or something, small child, and her dad is a Pokemon researcher. He used to be friends with Professor Oak, and then he went and got rich, and now he lives in a big mansion out in this field somewhere. And her mom disappeared mysteriously, like two years ago. But that's not really dwelled upon by us nor the film, so don't worry about it. Now, her dad <laughs> is researching the unknown. And if you don't, if you're not familiar with Pokemon lore, the unknown are a bunch of quote-unquote legendary Pokemon that are all have like googly eyes on them and are shaped like letters of the alphabet and in the video games it amounts to absolutely nothing and doesn't make sense so that's represented pretty well here <laughs> in the film uh and her dad falls into a pocket dimension vortex because the unknown are dicks I guess it's not again not dwelt upon uh and then the unknown form like this giant pulsating psychedelic mass inside her mansion and start granting her wishes for some reason uh and so she asks to have her dad back from the void uh and because earlier her dad was joking that he's like the pokemon entei which is like a big furry kind of schnauzer looking thing but like you know with fire powers uh he now comes back as Entei, uh, but it's to, the Entei is an illusion. Do not be fooled by the Entei. He is not real. It's not actual Entei. And then she turns her house into a crystal fortress and starts destroying the surrounding countryside. Enter Ash Ketchum and his friends, who finally show up in the movie like 15 minutes in. Uh, and then Ash's mom gets kidnapped and brainwashed by the fake Entei. So that's a real big bummer. Uh, and so, and then the plot of the movie is that Ash and his friends have to go to the mysterious Crystal Fortress and rescue Ash's mom from... Now, you might be noticing that this does not sound like the plot of, like, the third major Pokemon movie. You know? Like, the first one, it's, it's the Mewtwo story. Like, classic Pokemon lore thing. You know, like... The, the, the tale of the scientists and their hubris. It's kind of this whole fucking thing. The second one, you know, it's the legend of, of Lugia. They have to travel all these different islands. They meet all the legendary birds. This is somehow like a comparatively small and insignificant story, but far weirder than either of those two could ever dream to be. And so I would like to hear your general thoughts on this film, Mark, as someone who did not watch this as an eight-year-old like I did. <laughs> So my thing with this movie was when you said it's really weird, it's weird unlike the other ones, I immediately was excited because I'm all in on weird stories like it doesn't even need to necessarily make sense like if it's like from a we joke about like from a cinema sense perspective like this doesn't make sense but like I'm willing to suspend most uh, or if not all of my disbelief for the dumbest shit, just <laughs> if it's going to produce a cool visual or it's going to be weird. It doesn't even need its own internal logic for me to really like it. That being said, this movie somehow squanders its perfect ideal audience in, <laughs> in me by just taking away all sort of like stakes 
and the this movie had every chance to have high stakes like ash's actual mom is like a character in this and she got kidnapped but and like professor oak is involved some somewhat more so than the other movies and so you 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 go into it thinking like oh i'm gonna care more uh and also the whole plot of just my imagination came to life and is trying to kill everyone is interesting uh but they they fucking they don't do anything with it it's just weird for the sake of weird and she calls a dog papa a whole bunch yeah we'll get to and that the- <laughs> that shit is really weird <laughs> so those are my my general thoughts are i'm just disappointed that it didn't live up to being a weird fucking story that was interesting because yeah. it kind of wasn't yeah it's there are moments of this that are genuinely kind of disturbing and yes. weird. like I would say like the first 10 minutes of this movie like starts like a horror movie like we have this little child and her father and they're reading this book about legendary pokemon together and then like he gets disappeared into the ether and she's like wandering around these this empty house and finds these uh, unknown tiles and spells out the words mama and papa with the unknown tiles and they start <laughs> glowing and shit gets real weird and then yeah, like not not to mention that there's a real air of darkness at the beginning of this movie. Yeah. Like it starts with her being like, like her mother being presumed dead for two years, and then this fucking car drives up to her house, and she's like, "Dad," and they're like, "Should I tell her?" No, you tell her. Yeah. Like, oh, your dad's dead now too. By the way, yeah, yeah, like, yeah you're just oh. a ward of the state now. Sorry, oh, okay. kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like what? The, she's like fucking Bruce Wayne in in, a, in Bruce Wayne Mansion Manor, except now she has. Uh, instead of having a lot of technology, she's got Pokemon that grant her imaginary wishes and turn her dad into a dog. <laughs> yeah, the, the most disturbing element I, of it, I think, is the Ash's mom angle because she gets yeah. like she gets like kidnapped and brainwashed by the Entei to believe that she is Molly's mother. Um, and so there's like a part where like she's like sitting on the bed with Molly, holding her not actual real child and they have this like security camera feed of ash trying to get into the crystal fortress and there's a moment where like ash's mom's eyes kind of like flash and there's she briefly remembers her own son and then it goes away and 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 the memories of her child have once again been lost to the sands of time and it's like (laughs) man (laughs) there was a moment like i was watching this with my girlfriend and like at one point she was just like dude every character in this movie is traumatized now (laughs) yeah absolutely uh and i and i actually did think that this movie was gonna and i guess maybe this is what they were going for poorly but like i thought this movie was kind of gonna be like a like an exploration of the the girl's trauma from like losing her parents and just like i don't know i thought this the whole spiky crystal mind palace where things are dangerous was gonna be like about her isolation and her anxiety but like no not really that but make no mistake they she is horribly traumatized yeah, yeah you sent me you sent me a, a a text after this you finished this film and said i can't believe that this film designed to sell video games to children was not an adequate exploration of childhood trauma and loss <laughs> yep yeah god it's too bad um 
So yeah, I I think we are going to touch on a couple things that we we do like about this movie. Really briefly, I just want to say, y'all, I fucking love Gen 2 Pokémon. I think the Gen 2 Pokémon fucking rule. I think Totodile is really cool and really cute. I like me some Teddy Ursa. I think Quagsire is pretty fucking neato. And is, so Is Quagsire the 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 water ground Pokémon yeah. that that Pikachu faces. Yeah, well, we should. Yeah, if you're going to talk about that battle in the beginning, I'm going to agree 100%. Really fucking good battle. Yeah, it, it's the best part about these movies. And I think it's it's honestly like a mistake of these films almost. It, because the my favorite parts of all three of these movies so far has been the part at the very beginning where Ash just fights a random trainer and we just get like yeah. a really nicely rendered, high quality Pokemon battle. Um and there's, there's a few of those throughout this movie, um, which is more than you can say for Pokemon 2000. Um, and it feels like almost kind of like a misstep for these movies to... Because every single one of the like feature-length Pokemon movies focuses on a legendary Pokemon and focuses on mystic bullshit. Um, and the parts that are the most entertaining are just watching Pokemon do Pokemon shit, getting to see well-animated Pokemon getting in cool Pokemon fights. Like, it's kind of disappointing almost that, like, there isn't just a Pokemon movie, you know, with these characters that's just about going and fighting the Pokemon League. Like, they don't have that shit. It always has to be, oh, I get, they get trapped in another dimension and go back in time and have to find all the MacGuffins and then... It's, you know, it, it, it is less interesting to me because of that. Uh, because because they're more ambitious, they're less good, I think. Yeah, totally. The, the strength of the idea of Pokemon is, like, that sense of competition and improvement. Like, we're, we're both fighting games people. So, like, I want to see, like, Ash get knocked into, like, the loser's bracket in, like, round one and have to, like, fight his way up and, like, win a tournament or something. And, yeah, that happens in the anime. But like, but the anime looks like shit, you know, the anime looks like shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I will briefly say about the visuals of this movie, um, especially starting out. I thought they were like really interesting, but also gorgeous in a couple of scenarios yeah. where like it looks like a pop up book in the very beginning where there's just different layers of the animation and they all almost look like cardboard E and then they kind of do the 2000s signature. Hey, we have computers that can render CGI. Now toy story got made. <laughs> uh, let's put some CGI in this. Um, so, uh, but all that being said, it still does look like pretty fucking cool. And it would be nice to see like a big Pokemon tournament uh, in this style, but we, we never I mean, so far we haven't gotten that. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure the other Pokemon movies are about, like, I don't know, Celery. What's that one Pokemon? <laughs> Celebi. Yeah, that's <laughs> the next one that we have after this. Um, oh, yeah. sick. In, in regards to the CG, there actually is one thing about the CG that I kind of like in that uh, the unknown... So I, I'm generally not a super big fan of when CG is superimposed over 2D animation, but I also get it. Like, generally... That is a technique that is used for when rendering something in hand-drawn animation would be a big pain in the ass. So, like, if you pay attention right. to, like, any given cartoon that you watch that's been made in the past, like, decade and a half, uh, the cars are usually CG. If a character uh, spins around, there's usually CG involved. Anything with rotating cameras, there's usually CG. And in this, uh, the unknown are all rendered in CG that's kind of superimposed over the 2D animation. And I kind of love it. 
Because I kind of mm-hmm. love it because it gives them this, like, creepy otherworldly quality. I have no idea if that's the intended effect or if it's just, well, this was the cheapest way to do it. So this is how we're going to do it. But I, I do think it actually genuinely kind of works because the unknown are pretty creepy. They have these, like, weird kind of childlike voices and they just kind of, like, chant together and float around in a big circle. And there is a genuinely unnerving quality to them. So I, I thought that kind of worked for me. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree with that. For sure. Yeah. Um, so the the other thing that we want to address that we're fans of in this film is <laughs> is our good friends on Team Rocket, who are so unbelievably irrelevant to the plot in this film. <laughs> like they're not even they they don't even have like a the the like like tacit bullshit reason that they usually have to be there where they're like trying to capture Pikachu. They just like, they're like openly discussing the fact that they have no reason to be there in the movie. And they just like show up every once in a while to deliver good ass one-liners. Yeah. I, I wrote down some of these one-liners because they were very good. Um, should, uh, we'll just start with the big one. Uh, so James, so, so James, right. (laughs) James is James is an interesting character in the Pokemon world because um, he's he's coded as queer. We've discussed this mm-hmm. at length. Um, uh, maybe even more explicitly in the Japanese. I I can't. I I don't know. I never looked it up. I don't. I I'm not curious enough to look it up. <laughs> but he <laughs> he's looking up at the unknown at some point in this because they're kind of shaped like weird like letters, and he says. I haven't seen this many strange letters since I wrote that personal ad. Um, yes, <laughs> I, I, and uh, that's a great line. I, it's that's a great, great fucking line. And I, it, it a, a straight character could have said this too, but just the fact that it's <laughs> that it's a, a queer coded character saying this, who is definitely like, he has that kind of voice of like, you ever been around like like gay men who like do drag yeah like he oh, has yes, that voice <laughs> yeah he has that voice pretty much the entire time and um you can just you can just imagine the kind of letters that. he got yeah 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 yeah, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, found, yeah. I found myself like genuinely laughing at the team rocket banter in this movie like not even it's like good. oh haha that's that's good for a kid's movie like genuinely like oh somebody came in and was like we're gonna write some good fucking jokes all right <laughs> Yeah, and the, this movie sorely needed it because the the jokes are the only humor or sense of lightness in this whole fucking movie. Because the movie, the rest of the movie is like just a slog. Yeah, and, it really uh, is. Yeah, at one point, James, they're in the you know this 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 whole place takes this whole movie takes place in the mind of a of a five year old, and he says this place looks like a storybook land from the dreams of a five year old. <laughs> and Jesse says basically like, "Hey, shut up, idiot! Keep going." <laughs> yeah, uh, which is just their the whole point of James and Meowth is to just break the fourth wall. Yeah. Meowth says, uh, "Do you think we're gonna get a better part in the next movie?" <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just like openly discussing the fact that they have no reason to be in the film. <laughs> yeah, I I I, I thought that that the team rocket deserved is a deserved mention in this movie yeah. because uh, the movie didn't seem to think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're so irrelevant to the story. It's, 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 it's unfortunate, honestly, because they're the best characters in the show. Like yeah. by far. Um, D- you want to talk about your favorite character? Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Girls and gays. I didn't say what's up girls and gays at the beginning of this episode. Cause I was doing a bit. So I need to drop it at some point. So listen, <laughs> listen up. 
girls and gays. Here is the thing. I know that all of us have a nostalgic appreciation for Brock. Okay, we all love Brock. We love his dumb puns. We love that he has a Vulpix, which shows his soft feminine side. We love that he uses <laughs> fucking Zubat like a scrub. We love all of those things. We love that. We love the. I'm gonna use my frying pan as a drying pan. We love Brock. Okay, I'm here to tell <laughs> I, you. Yeah, I I like that. Uh, real quick on the Zubat thing. Are, besides Vulpix, all of his Pokemon are fucking Mount Moon catches, which <laughs> yeah. is really funny because they're the worst Pokemon in the whole game. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> um, I'm here to tell you that you don't like Brock. <laughs> that Brock sucks. Brock. Brock <laughs> is like every dude at the, at the party that you don't want to talk to. He is the guy making every girl in the room uncomfortable. He is the guy making wildly inappropriate comments to women he barely knows. Like, and it's not even like really that prominent in this film, but it came up enough times that I felt the need to address it because he wasn't in the last one. Mm-hmm. Um, they're literally in the first like five minutes of of Brock's first appearance in the movie, they meet up with this girl and she's like, hi, I'm Lisa. And he says, hi, I'm Brock and I'd like to be your boyfriend. No, no, don't say that. (laughs) Brock Brock is the dude, Brock is the dude at the Smash tournament who walks up to the girl and says, so who did you come here with? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and then the worst thing is that, okay, so there's this whole conceit in the film where... Molly wants to be a Pokemon trainer. And so in the way that she wants to be a Pokemon trainer is she's, she has to, like, with the, her imagination powers, she ages herself up to be, like, you know, like 16, 17, whatever the fuck. Yeah. So that she can Which, have Pokemon battles. By itself, like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, interesting Just, concept. Right. <laughs> Here's the problem. She has a Pokemon fight with Brock, and Brock is hitting on her. And she's like five. There's a part where he says, I made you laugh. That's my first victory of the day. And he tells her how cute she is. And I just, I just, I just think that Brock needs to fucking check himself. And the fact that Ash is not checking Brock means that he is not a good male friend. Ash is not a good ally. He's not checking his bros when the girls I are not around. I can't believe that this movie made to sell video games to six-year-olds. Didn't include uh, a strong enough condemnation of <laughs> Brock's sexual predatory nature. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm shocked. I'm absolutely shocked. Yeah. Uh, so all of that sucks super bad, but is luckily not uh, a huge part of the film. Uh, what is a huge part of the film and also sucks and is creepy uh, is Entei as a character. Okay. So I think the first thing that we need to address here is 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 the use of the word papa mm-hmm. in this movie and papa. the and and the dark energy that it carries. <laughs> he okay. All right. So so she like wishes to have her dad back and be, for some bullshit reason he comes back as Ente instead of as her dad and he's basically like you know, he's just kind of, like, doting on her. Like, anything that she says, he just responds with, if that is what you wish. And he has this, like, kind of, like, like, d- like d- deep voice kind of porn actor kind of voice thing going on. Um, and he, there are multiple... He could, he could be the same voice actor as Mewtwo if I fucking knew yeah. any better, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, and uh, 
and and there are several moments throughout the film where like this ridiculous looking dog creature looks directly into the camera and says i'm this girl's papa (laughs) (laughs) at one point at one point he even says because i was thinking like why they use papa and but at one point he literally does says I am this girl's real father, if that's what she wishes. And I was like, ooh, okay. Yeah, it's... Like, the film doesn't have enough going on in it, like, from, like, a psychological angle for you to actually derive any meaning from any of this, because, again, it's made to sell video games to six-year-olds. But, like, there is an uncomfortable energy to this whole affair. There is a strange sort of, like, sexual predatory nature to this entire relationship between these two characters that made me, like, severely uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't... And I'm... We're not reading too much into this. We're just adults who are watching this movie for kids and seeing that was written by adults. Yeah. Uh, and seeing the the weird shit that the adults put in there and thought, "Eh, it's fine. We don't have to make it less weird. The kids won't notice." And you know what? As an 8-year-old, I didn't notice, so they got me there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. Even as a kid, I knew this movie was fucking weird and like I I don't know how exactly how to explain. It. I think the biggest thing about it that's so strange to me besides just the general premise being so out there and like non-traditional for a Pokemon story is the fact that it's like, it's the big Entei movie with Entei, who is like a pretty popular legendary Pokemon. And it's not even a real Entei. And it doesn't even have the real Entei backstory from the games. Like, you know, like the, the Mewtwo movie and to an extent, the Lugia movie, though that one takes a lot more liberties. Like they're generally playing in the, in the lore and the space provided by the games and the lore Mm -hmm. for Entei in the games is that they're like, you know, he's part of this like trio of sort of protector deities uh, that were living in this tower that burned down. And then, you know, they kind of escape throughout the region. And it's like a pretty interesting setup in, in Pokemon crystal. Um, And none of that is used for this because it's not even the real Entei. And it's, (laughs) it's just bizarre. And also the ending doesn't make any fucking sense. And I'm going to complain about it. Yeah. The ending pissed me off. The ending is bad. (laughs) It's, it, they, the 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 thing that I'll say about the ending is that it, it it could have been so fucking cool. It's it's a giant battle between, uh, between uh Ash with his Charizard mount, mm-hmm. uh, battling on top of a the Crystal Mind Palace with the magical imaginary Entei, and it's so fucking long. <laughs> The, that the fact that the Entei keeps creating like spike staircases out of nowhere um, to jump up the side of the building to follow the flying Charizard, it happens for so long it becomes boring. It reminded me of the battle at the very end of Star Wars Episode Three, which like by all accounts should be very dramatic and interesting because it's fucking Anakin versus Obi Wan, but the the fight didn't have to last forty eight goddamn <laughs> minutes. Yeah. Of just the same fucking shit happening over and over again. It was exactly that. And th- there are other reasons uh, why this ending sucks. Yeah. And we'll get into that now. <laughs> yeah, so, so okay, my, my, like, my, like, I have, like, a, you know, like, the mechanics of the plot don't make sense, CinemaSins style complaint yeah. about this. And then I have a, like, the storytelling is bad complaint about this. The mechanical <laughs> yeah. badness is... And okay, Entei is an illusion created by the unknown. And the way that they beat the unknown at the end 
is by having Entei shoot a bunch of laser beams at the unknown. Yeah, and it the so the justification for this is that Professor Oak says the unknown have created so much psychic energy that they've lost control. Um, so now the unknown are fighting their own psychic energy. Um, I guess. Yeah, but they created it. The 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 the. The definitions of what is happening in reality and what is happening in fantasy in this film are loose and change by the seed depending on the needs of the script. <laughs> yeah, at, at one so like if the crystals are real and can stab them to death, which it seems that is is the case, how come they can breathe under the water? <laughs> Cinemas ding sin. <laughs> All right, we're gonna move on from this shit because that's not what this show is about. I just had to get yeah, it out of the way because I I was sitting I was sitting there watching this, being like, oh, what the fuck? That's bullshit. Yeah, um, it totally was. The I actual the actual crime of the end of this film is that the film resolves with neither of her parents coming back, and there was a moment. <laughs> Where I was like, wait, are they really just going to end this movie with this, like, innocent child? Uh, innocent. <laughs> with this child just, like, ending up as, like, an orphan and her mother and father just don't come back at all? And then the credits start going and some, and a little bit of bullshit happens in the credits. And then eventually at some point in the credits, we see her dad come back. And all of this is told with no dialogue at all. And he just, like, goes home and sees her. And then, like, some more credits happen, and so, you know, we get some nice shots of a field because it's the end of a Pokemon movie, and that's how they work. Uh, and then we just see her mom just kind of, just kind of shows up. Just kind of shows up. Her, her, her mom who, who, quote, disappeared two years ago. <laughs> now, two years, um, dear readers, is a long time. That's, like, enough time to, like, <laughs> grieve a loss. Yeah. You know? <laughs> It's 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 long enough that you wouldn't just run up and say ha 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 and just hug her. Yeah. Like you'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 bad. Like, homie's <laughs> homie's been dating. Like he has moved on, right? Yeah. But apparently not. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 bad storytelling, y'all. Like it, that's all it is. It's just like, you know, if if this was a a well put together film with a well plotted, you know, A to B to C. The, this orphan child that we allegedly care about reuniting with her parents would be like the emotional climax of the film, and instead it's just like tacked on to the credits. Yeah, the literally, end. it's it's not, it's not even a pause in the credits to no. do this. the The words are coming down the screen still while this is happening. <laughs> it's really it's bad. so bad. It's really bad. Oh man, what are we watching next week, Mark? <laughs> so next week. Uh, we are wa- hot off the presses, hot off the Wikipedia presses. Uh, we're watching <laughs> Prince of Persia. This 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 show is very well planned ahead of time. <laughs> we're watching Prince of Persia: The Sands of Time. It's a 2010 American action fantasy film directed by Mike Newell, um, starring. Uh, uh, isn't it like two white people? Yeah, that was it's, the whole it's thing with this Jake movie. Gyllenhaal. You- <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, the other thing I noticed is that this movie has four writers listed. <laughs> Um, and also Jerry Bruckheimer is involved, and I'm pretty sure Jerry Bruckheimer is like a pedophile, so that'll be fun. Um, and Aren't they all pedophiles at this point? You know? Yeah. yeah probably. Um, y- yeah? Yeah, so the main thing that I know about this movie is they got a bunch of white people to pay, play a bunch of brown people. 
classic Hollywood, uh, which I'm sure yep. we'll complain about at length next week. Uh, and also that Alfred Molina is in it. So that's, that's, that's fun. I've heard this movie's not bad, actually. So we'll see. I like Alfred Molina. Yeah. So, so we'll see how we, this plays out. We shall see. Also, Jake Gyllenhaal is an interesting character, but I don't think it was as known of how eccentric he was back in 2010. Yeah. But uh, what a fucking character. Yeah. Um, it's it's primarily based on the Sands of Time. Did you ever play the Sands of Time? I have no. I have no experience with like, these video games. I've heard they're good. High high key good game. Yeah, I've heard that. It's. It's totally like it's totally like Zelda, but if Zelda had a rich, engrossing platforming uh, system, or is it's 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 like if like Assassin's Creed like took out all the boring things and was good. <laughs> that's another. That's a better way to say that's it. Great. Yeah, it's 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 Assassin's Creed, but good. Nice. Um, and mechanically intensive instead of holding right trigger and walking up a wall. Hate that shit. Um, Where can people find yeah. the podcast on the <laughs> internet, Mark? <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at Cartridge Cinema. Join the Discord. It's linked on the Twitter. Uh, listen to us on iTunes or Spotify or SoundCloud if you're an OG uh, or your favorite uh, app. I listen to us on hashtag the podcast app. <laughs> what, what was that hashtag? I don't know. Um, you should rate us uh, because you like us. The music is by DJ Tin Man. The art is by Courtney Kaufman. And for me, it was Tuesday. Yeah. I was deciding if I was going to say another bit, yeah. but I, I got nothing in me today. <laughs> nothing. Empty. 